0: What's up everybody, this is the Faculty Meeting Podcast, I'm Ron. Uh, with me today, I have Darren, and Darren is uh, the first guest I've had in five months. <laughs> uh, it's been a little delay, you know, I ref, uh, officiate football, and so uh, my schedule has been like whew, crazy, like especially in Texas, you get like, I'm working six days a week, oh, man. Two, Monday to Saturday, And I'm gone, like, all day. It was was just tragic. Um, But (laughs) thanks for coming on, man. Uh, No problem. Yeah, you live really close to me. (laughs) 15 minutes. Yeah, man. You know, and that's really surprising. Like, I've been here for... Oh, God, I've been here for, like, five years, and all of my friends live in Third Ward, <laughs> Southwest. Right, right, right. And I'm just like, dog, can y'all just move closer? Like, I'm tired <laughs> of driving to y'all. Right, right, right. It's the worst, man. Right, I feel that. What's
1: been going on, man? Man, just chilling, man. Uh, just moved out here in June, but other than that, just trying to... June? Yeah. How you
0: like it so far, man?
1: I mean, you, you, made it, you came in the hot season. Yeah, man. We so when I got out here, man, it was super hot. Like, wasn't used to it at all. I was spent some time in College Station, so it was cool. Yeah. Um, but now nah, this heat was just, I guess, like the heat with the buildings. Like being inside of the city was like crazy. Bro. Oh, yeah. for sure. I remember
0: I visited uh, ASU was yeah. playing um, Texas Southern mm-hmm. at. Butler Stadium, which is HISD Stadium, because okay. Texas Southern doesn't, have their own, doesn't have their own facilities. Yeah, and um, I remember stepping off the bus mm-hmm. and like I took one step off and like popped right back in, because the heat <laughs> just smacked me in the face. I was like, "Yo, this is way right, too much, right, bro!" Right. And it was like rush hour. Right. I was like, "Oh god, this is <laughs> terrible." Uh, yeah, man, that that the Texas heat gets to you. So um,
1: you came here for. Teaching job, right? Correct. So what what do you teach? Yeah, I teach um, sixth grade ELA. Um, so I teach English language arts, so reading and writing for sixth graders. And that is, that's not state-tested, right? That's, it is state-tested. It is state-tested. I'm is, so sorry. Yeah. Not the writing piece, but like the reading and all of the other stuff. I'm feeling the pressures now, so. Oh, I'm so sorry for you because
0: <laughs> I teach psychology and I have taught psychology. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's it's an it's a senior elective, yeah. <laughs> not state tested. Nobody pays me any attention. Yeah. So nobody. God on bless my back. you,
1: man. Because when I tell you I'm feeling the pressure now, like yeah. I have administrators in my classroom two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times a day. Oh, so. That's the worst.
0: I had my uh, for the first time ever, my principal came and observed <laughs> me. And what's crazy is like. <laughs> With, like you kind of may have an idea Like my social media presence right. Like I'm wild But I'm all not right. like that I'm all controlled right. in my classroom But just to have my principal in there It was the first time I ever got nervous <laughs> I was like yo He is really
1: Like what is going on it? right now <laughs> I had no
0: clue Not a clue But that. You teach uh, Sixth grade English Sixth grade English And uh, Before we get into Like all the career yeah. stuff I always like to go back And you know Give the Give the Mr such and such a face, right? Yeah. So or and 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 a, a history. So uh tell me or talk about where you from and what it was like growing up? What kind of student you were?
1: Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm uh, from Alabama, from Butler, Alabama. So a very small town. I should to Where joke, is Butler? Yes. Yeah, um 45 minutes south of Tuscaloosa. Like I I got okay. it down pat because I got to <laughs> tell people this all the time. Okay. And it's like 45 minutes um east of Meridian, Mississippi. So Really, really small town in the black belt of Alabama. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have too much there at all. Um, Yeah, so I'm from Butler. um, So I graduated, went to school there. The type of student, I was like a class clown, really got by. Um, I was in advanced courses, so I, like, took all of the higher classes. However, like, my teachers, and, like, being from, like, a rural area, like, we didn't have, like, all of what our students, what I see my students have today. Mm-hmm. So, like, we didn't have the best teachers. We didn't have, like, all of the quality resources. Um. So, yeah, man, I, I skated. I got by, graduated, went off to Alabama State, graduated from ASU. Okay. With a degree in well, physical education. Okay. Yep, well, yep.
0: We'll, get, we'll get to college. I kind of like Perfect. to go piece by piece here. Okay. So, small town Alabama, mm-hmm. and you say so you skated by. Mm-hmm. Was that just, like, because of effort was everything just that easy to you. It was what you know, 'cause as teachers, like, you know, you find that most of your kids who like kinda skate by, they're like, Oh, this is too easy yeah. and then they just do their assignment right, right. and you
1: know, they're off taking a nap yeah. and somehow they end up with a B. Yeah. I feel <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it was a little of both in Alabama, I don't know how, um, Michigan was set up, but in Alabama, we had to, um, take the graduation exam. Yeah. We didn't have that shit. Yeah. So <laughs> so pretty much after the graduation exam, if you passed it, you literally chilling until you get by the teachers really are, they're not feeling any pressures at all. Really? And so like we had teachers, literally, um, uh, my senior English class supposed to be the highest or the most advanced English class you could take. Teachers were not teaching at all. And so like, at my school, we used to play, like, cards in the class. We used to do all really? of these things. Wow. right? So, like, we used to walk in class and she used to be like, who want to go to the library? Like, who want to do different things? Just because she wasn't feeling that pressure that we were just talking about. And so I would say that the type of student I was, it was that I wanted to show that effort. But at 12, 13, 14, 15, if the teacher is like, hey, you want to go to the library or you want to go to the gym, I'm going to pick the gym every day. And so that's the type of. So what were you doing in the gym? I mean, we used to leave core classes and go to the gym and hoop. Um, that was something that – I mean, the teachers didn't have that pressure. They, yeah. they weren't feeling pressure at all, and they were trying to get us out of the classroom yeah. to – just out of their their faces. Hey, what year did you graduate high school? 2011. 2011.
0: Okay, yep. so you weren't affected by it that much because uh, No Child Left Behind started in 2000 and whenever Bush was president. Correct. So, like, our generation – Cause we're around the same age, like our generation,
1: we weren't affected by that. So of course, teachers are just chilling. They were chilling because they're just like, all right, well, right, you graduating, you graduating, like you, you already passed the graduation exam, so you're pretty much good. I yeah. just give you an A, and you're somebody else's business. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. what, um,
0: what were you? Were, did you have any extracurricular activities? You mentioned PE, so <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you were an athlete.
1: Yeah, I play basketball. Um, I played baseball. I was in JRTC. Um, I was in Beta Club. Um, I was, I was also in, like, the little Kappa League, I don't know if that was, like, considered extracurricular activities just because it was outside of the school, um, it is, (laughs) yeah, but,
0: yeah. Okay, so,
1: you skated by, do
0: you remember what your GPA was Mm -hmm. when you graduated?
1: I graduated with like a three point oh. I always had like a A or a B. Mom didn't know like what was going on at school, but <laughs> on paper it was it was legit. So okay, it was like a 3.0. point oh. Yep. Okay,
0: that's not too too bad. You know, <clears throat> a lot of our kids they seem to think students anyway. That like because we're in front of them, they think like, oh, just because right. you did it, Mister, you right, don't right. mean I'm gonna do it. Exactly. Like, no, nah, I I ain't do that great either. <laughs> right, right. 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 You know, I wasn't top of my exactly, class, exactly. but um, so you got your three point oh. Yep. From Butler. Yep. And you, we actually met each other at ASU. Correct. I don't remember when. Was it my senior? It had to be my senior. It had Uh, to be. Because I was a, I don't know. It might have been a little after. No, because you were a golden ambassador. Ooh, maybe, I think after I left. I think you were after I left, and I came back and worked, and and that's when I really met you. Correct. So what, what led you to go to ASU and not? somewhere else yeah
1: good question um so my options because of the skating that I talked about and because of we had teachers that were not where not where I would hope for them to be Uh um my options were like limited in the places that I could go um so Alabama State Alabama A&M and um I think Steelman so all of the HBCUs in the state of Alabama were pretty much the only schools I could Hmm. literally get into with the scores that i had okay and so asu um my grandmother had went to asu and so i had that background knowledge i have never i had never seen the campus but you had I never seen the campus. never seen the campus so orientation wow. showing up for orientation was the first time that i saw that wow you campus. made your decision and then saw the campus <laughs> uh, like, literally ooh. fingers crossed pulling up like i hope this school is okay okay it turned out to be
0: yeah, we'll talk about that because <laughs> uh, everybody has their like ASU stories yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and how they how they relate to it. So <laughs> um, you get to ASU, yep. uh, you majored in PE. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming you just hope to be a PE teacher, did you try to uh, like hoop or anything at
1: state or? Did I try just to do what now? Hoop? No, no. Nah. So I, I mean, I used to go to Lockhart all the time just to just to go hang out, but no, I never tried to like play basketball or anything.
0: Oh, okay. That was like me too. Yeah. I well, I tried to play baseball, but the schedule was too much. Yeah, like the man in schedule, man. Man, that's student athletes like people really don't understand. They really do not like. Understand. I remember, and this was the off season. We had quote unquote optional conditioning <laughs> <laughs> at six o'clock in the morning, or like uh-huh. yeah, five thirty six o'clock in the morning. You know that takes at least an hour. So then you go the cl- uh you got to go eat breakfast. Uh huh. You got shower. You got to get ready. to Go to class. Yeah. After class, you got to go to study hall. After yeah. study hall, you got practice for right. two hours. Right, after right. practice, you got dinner. Then you got to go to another class. Yeah. And then you got like ten o'clock curfew. Right, right.
1: So, so like your day is gone, pretty much.
0: Yeah, man. I hated that, man. Yeah. I, after I, I was on the team. They wanted me. They wanted me to play catcher. Like they cut me when I tried out for the outfield. Then they. Uh, brought me back because they wanted me to play catcher. One of their catchers uh, was a pitcher, too, so they needed, like, another backup. And after just sitting back and looking at the schedule, I was like, nah, nah, I can't do it. Oh, and then they, they cut me, but they kept me on the roster to help boost the team GPA. <laughs> That's just speculation on my part because <laughs> I remember um, it was my freshman year, right? They yeah. cut me, and uh, I tried to register for classes in the – fall or the spring yeah and i had a hold on my account because i didn't a- attend a compliance meeting <laughs> and i'm like
1: I, i'm not even on the team
0: i i hadn't talked to them since september <laughs> this is what uh november december is crazy yeah I mean that took me like a whole week to get th- through all of that but crazy. it is what it is like so it. talk about your asu experience a little bit so you showed up on campus first time uh first time orientation you already like committed like this is going to be it yeah. so what was your thought process Well, what were you thinking when you saw campus and and what it was like was was it what you thought it was going to be
1: yeah i think the first i pulled up on um what is that hall street right right with a stadium and like it was 2011 i don't remember <laughs> yeah so it was 2011 so they like in the process of remodeling that's when all the construction was going on and I think just looking at like Abernathy, I think Abernathy was the first building I went inside. And that I was a, like, I, I was blown away by it. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is really, really nice. That was a beautiful building yeah. when it opened up. I, I haven't been to campus in a minute, but it's a beautiful building. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like we had like a, we had something. SOS was doing something, Student orgin- Orientation Services. And I was pretty much blown away by that until I like s- saw like the dorms that we're going to be living in. <laughs> That's a different story. We don't have to
0: Wait, which, which dorm did they have you in?
1: Um, I think for orientation they spoiled us. They had us in BIB Graves. and so like you know that okay, that's a girl. That was a female dormitory. I think it still is. Yeah, it now. is. It's um, the first one you on the main
0: from the main interest of campus. Correct.
1: And like they kind of spoiled us. we were like, oh, okay, this is pretty nice. And when I got back, I was not in BIB Graves. So where did you stay when you
0: got back? King. MLK. Okay. Okay. So. Obviously, you came in after Benson because yeah, I would have yeah. killed to stay in King. My right, first right, year, right.
1: Benson had they—they they were knocking it down, or they were in the process that yeah. summer. So yeah. I think it was still up, but then when we got back oh, ben, in the fall. It was Benson
0: it was, was a project for real, for real. <laughs> like we—I don't know how many. I think it was like seven or eight floors. Yeah, and it was just chaos all the time. Like King was all right because King King had athletes. Yeah. King had well they used to have the honors programs in there too some of them yeah some of them okay. would stay in there but King was straight because it was just athletes like the only thing in that, in King you had to like deal with maybe girls running through too many people in one room yeah Benson man let's put it this way you know how Mobile rides right uh-huh. <laughs> so when Mobile have a problem with some like Mobile when they get to campus uh huh. They are a gang. Yeah, they are a <laughs> like, gang. Like, they link up. Like, oh, you from Mobile? Right. i ride with you. <laughs> All right. So, one time, some dude from Mobile, I don't, like, somebody threatened him with a taser. <laughs> and next thing I know, my roommate, <laughs> who's he's from Mobile, he, uh... He wasn't really messing with them like that. He was kind of a loner. And he was like, man, I guess I got to go to this Mobile meeting or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? So he left the room, and like five, ten minutes later, I just walked down the hallway, and there was this dude named Big Ant. And he basically bullied his uh, roommate into giving them both the beds. <laughs> and so he took both the beds, put them together, made like a little queen-size thing in his room. It was crazy. But everybody was – but I I – Walk by Big Ants room and I look in, and I swear to God, it's like thirty, forty dudes from Mobile. Every dude from Mobile <laughs> in that building they were was in, in his room, yeah. and they all look pissed. It's basically, like, yo, we just gotta go find this dude. We go ride <laughs> off, my boy, from Mobile. Like, but
1: in Benson Hall,
0: in Benson. Not to mention all the fire alarms being pulled. I I was in a. I, I saw that. a fight on the elevator that. Oh. I don't even know how I got started. <laughs> like, literally, I'm standing by, by my homeboy. He's from Miami. There's two dudes from, no, one's from Miami, one's from, like, Columbus. One dude from Miami, they just looked at each other and said, what's up? What's up? And then they start scrapping. On the elevator? On the elevator. Like, while I was moving? No, nah, the door was open. Oh. Okay. And the crazy part is we all looked at each other like, how did that happen? <laughs> What'd y'all do? And he's like, man, he just looked at me. I was like, all right, cool. So you stayed in You stayed in King. Yeah. Spoiled, because obviously you were, you had no Benson experience, um, and so what was uh freshman like freshman year like? At what point? Well, what was freshman year like? Because I know a lot of us come in you get that first bit of freedom and you kind of wild, and you was already skating, so like right, right. the discipline wasn't really
1: showing there, correct? Right. So yeah. what was it like freshman year? How much adjustments you had to take? Yeah. Or do? Oddly enough, so in high school I'm a backup. So in high school. I was allowed, like, freedom to hang out and, like, be with friends at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. So going off to college and having that freedom, it was not like I had freedom because I was used deal. to it. So we, I, I literally did not hang out at all, for real. Um, my freshman year, I think I was so determined to prove to people that, that I was better than, like, my test score or mm-hmm. – that I didn't, like, hang out as much my freshman year. So, like, my freshman year, I remember getting, like, a 4.0, and I remember, like, wow. you know, just telling myself, like, hey, you can do this, and, you know, you can you can definitely, you know, prove yourself and show people that you can do it or or that you deserve to be here. So I think having that freedom in high school gave me that opportunity to be like, mm, staying out at 2 o'clock in the morning. I already did this. Oh,
0: yeah, I already yeah, – so. that's kind of like how – you know you get a little older, you look at the club now right, you're like right, i right. I've been to that club like right, right,
1: right, right. I was telling
0: somebody earlier like are you are you really uh have you really broken into Houston if you've never been to grooves
1: and <laughs> Gru's on Friday is undefeated, oh, yeah, like undefeated. you gotta
0: if you come to Houston there's three three places you gotta go, you gotta go to grooves on a Friday, yep, you gotta go to the breakfast club, you gotta go, and you gotta go to Papado, yep at least For sure <laughs> all all three of those places at For least sure. once, For sure. so you had that freedom, yep. And it wasn't a big deal, and you really like started buckling down. Um, what was like? What was your goal? Because you ended up being S- was the SGA president, right? Correct. How how did you go from like? Was it just that determination? Just you was like, I'm not turning away. Right.
1: I don't know what it was. <laughs> you had to talk to old Darren. I don't know what it was. I literally think I was just determined. Um, I was motivated by Sharad Campbell. Okay. Um, he used to live in King. He was like the typical. Like, um, he was a typical example, like, that came up out of nowhere and, like, became SGA president. So I don't know if it was just seeing him or seeing other role models across campus, but I was definitely determined. The determination was like, oh, yeah, you got to prove yourself. Well,
0: now, what what was that uh, – that had to be an interesting time because I, I never ran for SGA president, but I was always, like, around yeah. all of it. And I, I, I know people who did and, like – that that selection process just seemed like too much. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you're basically just going around shaking hands, kissing babies for shaking the next hands, however many weeks y'all, you know... Correct. Y'all are going. Correct. Um, Now, you are also... You also are a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. Uh-huh. Did you... Were you doing that while you were running, too? Same time. Man, see... <laughs> Kudos that. to you, bro. But you know, that's the story for a lot of the SGA presidents though. Yeah. Like I knew a lot of them who yep. you know
1: Shirade. He was yeah. One, yeah,
0: and I I don't know how y'all do it. <laughs> Especially because, you know, I don't I don't tell many people this, but I was online for like a month. Okay. And one of the things that they told me was like people will be watching you. Especially for me, because I was always like around. Uh huh. But like when you get to that point the last few steps of the process when you like I don't know, like you uh like people start looking because they uh-huh. they already seen they right, already right, seen right, you, right. they already seen you in the sweats. They already exactly. seen you walking with people you ain't <laughs> right, never walked right, with before. Right. So they really watch you now. Now you now you're in the eye of the public. Like how right. do how do you I don't know, how do you stay discreet? I guess. Yeah.
1: So I guess I was Given a pass just because I was running for SGA, it was like you can get haircuts, you can talk yeah. to people, you don't have to look like you're pledging at all. So that was cool. I think that was the only good thing about it because <laughs> everything else was he was Like, who? Was like who I got a break, <laughs> right? Like, uh, I mean, like people they would see me with haircuts and they were like, oh, he can't be. And so, like, I th- that was good. Yeah. So just talking to people, they were like, yeah, I don't like people that are Greek, that's try to, like, be president or, like, try to run. I'm like, just, just give me three more weeks, and you're going to be saying the same thing about me, so. Yeah,
0: and that, but that was, like, every SGA president. same. I think, let's see, I think Ashley was the only one I could think of who wasn't Greek mm-hmm. during the time of her presidency. Yeah. Outside of that, everybody else? Pretty much, yep. Oof. That's why that's why a lot of people don't like it though cuz they I mean the Greeks already have a lot of control on campus sort of say and so now you actually in a right. leadership position that exactly. they that they think can make a difference cuz exactly. I know some some SGA presidents have made some effective change others not so much but sometimes <laughs> it's not even their fault right. it's just the system Um uh, so you got to rub elbows with with a lot of the higher people on a couple levels cuz like I said we we're ambassadors correct and Golden Ambassador. That was a fun experience. Yeah. Um, I miss Golden Ambassador yeah. sometimes. But it's really, usually just for the camaraderie and uh-huh. the, and really the food. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, we got lucky because we had Zilla. Yeah. And Zilla was, she was a former GA and they You're used right. to tell us like, yo, y'all can't eat. They used to hate it when, when like we would go sit like down Eddie with Like Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, if they were serving dinner or whatever, they would tell us like, you were not allowed to eat in uniform. Like, we would have to take our food and, like, go That's into another room. Yeah, but w- once Zilla came around, she's like, no, you're ambassadors. You need to go out there and network with people. Right, right. Like, go take your plate, go sit next to this old lady, and just talk the school up. Exactly. So, out of – so, what were there any other extracurriculars besides those three?
1: Yeah, I was involved in other organizations as well. So, I was involved in the professional organizations with PE, so Hyper Club. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the honor I never society. knew what
0: that was, <laughs> yeah, what is it, hyper
1: education recreation? It was all of the physical educators or all of the people that are promoting fitness mm-hmm. all of us was like in one major, yeah, There's a lot of acronyms, yeah, it's a lot
0: well, I mean, yeah, it's a couple acronyms at state I' never understood right right it's right. top i don't it's I top. still. Don't.
1: Yeah, that's like the older people, right? That travel. They're to- like, yeah, they're like alumni who support athletics Correct. or something. I don't know what it stands for. At all. Yeah, like I, if you say it, I may be like, oh, okay. I don't know what
0: it stands for either. It don't you're matter.
1: Older, and you're an alum, and you travel to games. So you did
0: hyper, and then what? What were the other ones? I did
1: Kappa Delta Pi. So those that was a, that's the teacher one, right? teacher professional organization. I did SAEA, Collegiate One Hundred, and So a couple organizations. On yeah. Campus. yeah, stay so. busy. Try to. I was determined from freshman year. Yeah, it was. And school, yeah.
0: that's a good thing too, because I know a lot of people who they got to school, they didn't do anything, and then they just left. But what I, what I was about to leave, but then I I found other stuff to do, and I was like, oh, this ain't that bad, right? And right. that was a good thing. You Stay busy. So your PE, PE major or yeah, PE major, correct. you graduated. You went on to teach after that. Yeah, I taught um, PE correct in Alabama. How was that? As yeah. a Because it's P.E. P.E.
1: <laughs> it was P.E., then it was high school P.E. So I had high Ooh, school students.
0: You was trying to keep them from banging under the stairs. Oh, my God, man. It was terrible. Um, Especially in Alabama. Especially in ain't, Alabama. Ain't shit to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell people all the time, I say, it ain't shit to do in Alabama. Like, that's why they are. that's why everybody fucking. Because they ain't nothing to do. Gas stations close at 9. <laughs>
1: You get one good concert every two years. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, what else are you going to do? That's true. And the, and, the, and the thing was, I didn't teach in, I didn't teach in Montgomery. So I taught 30 minutes outside of Montgomery um, at a school called Calhoun High School. Okay. So small school, rural school, similar to where I graduated from. So I was, you know, okay with the demographics. But, mm. um, yeah, it was a challenge, man. Like, it was a challenge. Um, luckily enough, like, my fraternity brother was the principal, so... He kind of – he was in the process of revamping his physical education program. Mm-hmm. They had a um the former teacher that was there. He was there for about 50 years, won all the basketball championships. And they were just looking for, I guess, somebody to come in and, and do something. But, yeah, man, it was, it was tough. Like, I, I didn't have a beard. Like, I barely have a beard now. But I didn't have a beard. I was 22 at the time. And it, it was a lot. It, it was tough. Definitely was tough. Well, uh, so – and
0: and I know for high school, P.E. too. Well, I mean, it, in a smaller school, maybe it's not that big.
1: Not Well, it probably still is. Like kids who, like, skip and then oh, just want to. Oh, man, wanna, terrible. Like, yeah. at first, my job description was just keep everybody in the gym. Like, no matter <laughs> what you do, just make sure you just keep an eye out. But then we developed, like, a system of, like, students actually actively being engaged. Like, yeah. we started, like, a volleyball tournament. So we started doing things. Yeah. But for like starting it off, I would catch people outside smoking. Like you name it, I saw it. Oh, I'm sure for sure. It's like, gym class. Gym class. Everybody wanted. Yo, it was it was terrible. And Shooting dice. You name it. Yeah,
0: and it's yeah. the it's the safest place to skip because like there are so many kids. It's so many kids. You, you can't keep track of Cannot who's keep who. Track. Yep. But, but I, 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 that's why I could never do it. Well, somebody told me too that PE is very competitive. Especially in Texas, because all the PE co- uh, teachers are coaches. Mm-hmm. So
1: if you want a PE job, you've, you you got to be a really good coach. Yeah, low key <laughs> people die in those positions. Like, they mm-hmm. get a job, and they're just going the same way with other jobs, too. But PE, they're not going anywhere. No, they're not. So how long were you in Alabama um, teaching? At, yeah, I only taught from January up until May. You know? Really? Yep, so just a semester. Just one semester, and then what happened after that? Like after that, I um, came out of College Station, went to graduate school. Really, you went to
0: A and M, right? Yep, Texas Texas A and M. And you (laughs) you went from uh, being a PE major to majoring uh, to having a master's in public administration. Yeah, how did that come about? Because you don't normally see. Because we think of like PE in the same realm as like kinesiology, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's just some major that athletes take just to you know get them through athletes yeah you hit it dead on the head so (laughs) so how did you go from well I mean you kind of already had the experience with SGA a little bit so how did you move from uh,
1: or segue from PE to public administration what was that decision good question yeah it was based off of SGA I knew I wanted to change my major Mm -hmm. in college my junior year but talking to Zilla Jen Anderson they were like you know, um, see it through. See it through. Like, you know, most of the time people don't ask you about your bachelor's anyway. It just depends on, like, your other degrees or whatever type of um, certifications you have. So mm-hmm. I was pretty much um, – I knew I was interested in policy. I, I would love, like, political science and all of the classes that I was taking. Mm-hmm. And I picked up some of those classes, you know, while I was at Alabama State. But I was just like, mm-hmm. I'll just see it through, and we'll see what happens. Okay. So what happens
0: – What so – How'd you end up at Texas A and M? Yeah, good question.
1: Yeah, I don't know how I ended up in that's,
0: Texas. It's a long way from str- A and M of all schools too. Right, like, right, right. You right. know, I, I don't I don't know much about it, but like to go from Alabama to Texas A and M is like, like Alabama huge. State, like yeah.
1: black Alabama State to yeah. Texas white Texas A and M. Oh yeah. Oh,
0: really white Texas A&M. Really, really white. Yeah, yeah. Like two so percent African. How'd you
1: end up at A and M? fraternity brother i was connected to one of my frat brothers mm-hmm. we had a conclave that summer and he was just promoting texas a&m um we stayed in contact and it happened so yep, they scholarship money like it was really really it was a really good opportunity and the program was was really fitting for me so okay so, that's good so yep. uh how
0: long did that program take you yep, two years two years Yep. and what were you thinking when you got your masters like what were you hoping to do
1: yeah, I know I wanted to work in education, but maybe like at a nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, but not surely exactly what I wanted to do with education. Um, so when I close to graduating, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I know I want to work with education. I had tried out a couple of internships related to education. was not my job at all, like sitting behind a desk.
0: Oh, okay. You're talking about the, those desk jobs. Right, right. <laughs> I was like,
1: y'all can have that. Like, sitting behind a desk, that is not me at all, so... I was really lost last. It was about last January. Yep, I was literally lost to see what I was gonna do. True. Really? Yep.
0: You hit that wall. I think a lot of us do. Like one of the reason <clears throat> the reason I got into teaching was I was working at ASU, mm. and I remember be, that being a student at ASU is a lot different than working at ASU. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially when you work so closely with like all the vice presidents and yeah. stuff, like all of that. Anyway, because <laughs> um, I could, I could go on and on, but I was there, and I was just like, "Man, what do I want to do with myself?" Yeah. Like, I was a history major, and I said, "Okay, I want three things." I was like, three things out of my life what's really important." I said, "I like education. I always want to be around. I always love to learn and read and stuff." Um, yeah, I can tell. Yeah, man, yeah. we'll talk about we'll talk about books in a minute. Um, I, I loved being around education and learning. I love giving back to my community. I love having a crowd. Right. <laughs> so I was like, teacher. What better what better <laughs> job, right? Yeah. So how did you uh end up teaching English 6th grade English of all things? Yeah. And kudos to you for doing middle school cuz I sub middle school before and it was terrible. Pray for me. I will. <laughs> I'll
1: take all the prayers, bro. Like middle school is is a beast. 6th grade is are. Okay. Um I the the way I got involved with sixth grade ELA was um, I'm in Teach for America, and they pretty much partnered me with okay a school, and so my particular school needed a sixth grade, like the teacher left during the summer, mm-hmm. and so um, that's how I got connected. Okay, so, so
0: you're doing it through Teach for America, correct?
1: Okay, yeah, 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 good gig. Yep. I know
0: a lot of people who did Teach for America. Yeah, so you are in your second year, first year. You're well, in your. I guess
1: if you're counting Alabama, but this is my first year okay. in Texas. Yep.
0: Okay. First year in Texas. And what what's the – is there any, like, huge difference you notice? What do you mean? Uh, as far as the students go, I, I would think. Well, we'll go with students first. Like, was there a difference in the kids? I mean, you went from high school to middle school, yeah. but that's a huge jump. Huge difference.
1: Like, um, also, like, the the demographic of students that I serve, so – In Alabama, it was predominantly African-American. Now it's predominantly Hispanic or Latinx type of students. And then like dealing with like our kids and now in middle school, not being able to like if they are having an issue, not being able to just communicate that and like Mm. seeing different behaviors because of it. And so just because if. Versus in high school, they are able to at least communicate whatever is going on, and so
0: I won't say all that. I say a be, I will say better. Yeah, yeah better. <laughs> they can do it better right, for right. sure. For yeah. sure.
1: Yeah. So I'm definitely seeing that challenge and trying to work through helping kids. Yeah. Well, that process,
0: and, and and I could tell for you, uh, you know, because I have my own social media presence. It's definitely not. <laughs> it's not that. Uh, not. I don't I don't put my job out there too much except when I tell stories about my kids. But like you, you ask a lot of questions about like trying to uh, get back to kids or reach out to kids and yeah. like bring them up and like yeah. what motivated you. So, uh, man, like I could really tell like that is where your focus and heart is, man. For sure. That's really good cause For sure. especially as black men, like For sure. they need us, which. Makes me a little cocky sometimes, because <laughs> I go to work. I'm like, y'all not gonna fire me? Shut up!
1: <laughs>
0: oh, man. So when did you kind of figure out that? And I'm not saying this is like your passion or love for life or whatever, but like, what what gives you that 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 uh, love for what you do?
1: Yeah, I think it's going back to those those teachers that failed me. Yeah, like literally, like had my life or. In in their hands and did not do anything with it, yeah. and so I take that very very personal. That not only just kids, parents, communities, the state of Texas is trusting me, you know, to be able to do the right thing about like kids and making sure that they know the information, not just for a star, right? But yeah, just for just the overall development of being good people, but also know how to read this and understand what they're reading. So yeah, and you're
0: good. in a you're in a charter school too, and Correct. and. The charters, because uh, I'm in public school. Yeah, big six a, three thousand student public oh, wow. school. Yeah. So, I my brother used to work at a charter school as well, and I I see the difference in culture because like at, at your school, and I don't even know your school in particular, but I I'm sure they cultivate some kind of culture for the kids to latch on to. Correct. And I think that really correct motivates them and you. Correct. You know, because right. my kids, yeah. I, I always say this: there are uh, our kids look like the back of my hand, <laughs> and the people who run it look like the palm of my hand. Yeah, right. and so the 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 needs aren't really met because there is no empathy for correct. it. correct, right. man. But I I would love to be at just like a school like that. Yeah, I love that culture, man. Yeah. that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, what have what have you seen is like
1: probably one of the biggest challenges the kids face in these schools. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say the biggest challenge for my students in particular is they primarily speak Spanish, and so it's yeah. like building that vocabulary. So it's like right now we are – um, having a regular conversation and I'm not thinking about any word that I'm saying to you that you may not know. Yeah. But with yeah. them, it's every single word. Like if I say a joke, I literally have to, think you have it to explain, it. <laughs> and explain it. So I'm like, you know what? Forget funny. about it. You know, it's yeah. not even worth it. Um, But I definitely think that challenge on vocabulary because um, they primarily speak 90% of my kiddos primarily speak Spanish. Yeah. Um, I, I've had a conversation with some of my students because they're they're a bit more mature.
0: Like, I have high school kids, seniors and juniors, so they're a bit more mature. And I tell them, they ask me about teaching or whatever. I said, the hardest thing that I have to do every day is bring your vocabulary levels up. I was like, because I'm in a subject where the vocabulary is, like,
1: definitely college level. Yeah, for sure.
0: But the problem is, I can teach you that vocabulary, but you may not know... The words in the definition, right? Uh, (laughs) And so then I got to explain the words within the definition. You have to. It's like a. It's like a like a what am I what am I thinking about? I want to say like a pyramid scheme almost, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. Like okay, like it just branches off. Like here's the word, and then here's the definition. Okay, what does that word mean? What does that word mean? I got to explain two other words, right? Right. (laughs) And then give you those definitions, and then have to bring it back. It's crazy, man. And I'm never really sure what to attribute it to, just, and maybe because I was different because everybody in my family reads. So, well, most people, they read my family. So, I took it for granted, but, like, a lot of these kids, they got 7th, 8th grade reading levels at, like, 17, 18. It's nuts. And it's scary because I'm like, how are y'all going to, like, not get screwed over by anybody? Right. If exactly. you just refuse to read. Exactly. And it's terrible with this generation, too, because all right. they do is read their right. text media, messages.
1: Right, right, right. Yep. And Google, man. Yeah.
0: Speaking of reading, I do have a bookshelf in my house. I'm one of the few people I know who actually has, like, a bookshelf.
1: A great bookshelf like that,
0: yo. I try. I try, man. I, um... You know, people. You know, people get a Kindle or whatever. Like, I actually like the the book, the book, man. Yeah, the fine. smell of it and everything. Right, it kind of exactly. gets me into it. Although I will say it's a little harder to pick up nowadays, just because yeah. time. But <laughs> yeah. but now it's a great pass. on
1: my what's your favorite book? Favorite book? That's a good question. Um, favorite book would have to be, and I finished it up a couple years ago. I wouldn't say it's my favorite of all time, but it's the one that's on my mind right now. Just Mercy by Bryan Stevenson. It's a newer book. Bryan um, Stevenson, the, uh, the lawyer, attorney. Yeah, this, yep. the he lawyer. He has the whole thing in Montgomery. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it just talks about um, just showing like criminals, um, people who are convicted as criminals, just showing them mercy and that we don't understand that situation. So it's a really, really powerful book. It's yeah. based off of, like, his story in Alabama about, like, him going to death row and, like, actually advocating for these individuals. Mm-hmm. And so really taught me a lot. So
0: Yeah, they— Powerful book. They really underestimate our— uh, <laughs> They really underestimate the circumstance that these criminals do. Oh, I for mean. sure. For sure. Because so sure. many of them have— I mean, we know because we, you know, we grew up in those environments where we know, like— why people are doing the things Correct. they do. Like, exactly. you know, your cousin can't read. Right. And he got a little bit of an attitude problem. Right. So he, instead of going to get help or learning how to read, he was right. like, I'm going to just sell dope. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. You know, and then they end up in that situation where they got kids to feed. Like, one dude I knew, he, um, one guy I know, he had five kids. Mm-hmm. And by the time he was like 27, 28. And, like, maybe the week before, two weeks before Christmas, he got picked up robbing the uh, uh, Wendy's. Wow. And I just thought about it. Like, man, like, he probably was just trying to give his kids a good Christmas. For sure. <laughs> like, you know, dudes, most most guys ain't out there, like, robbing people. Right. to Just keep money. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean?
1: Like, that's how I'm, that's how I'm coming up. Yeah. Like, there's a reason for it. But And, 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 and that was his argument, like we don't know these stories. Like most yeah. of the time we'll see it come up on the television screen or we'll see it in the newspaper. And we're like, Oh my God, that's a bad person. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is a bad individual. Give them death row. But we don't understand like all of the things that have contributed to this type of behavior.
0: And a lot of that reawakened when, uh, when president Trump got elected, you yeah. know, cause they started bringing up, Oh, and especially in the, the, the documentary, the 13th, yep, yep, yep. um, you know, a lot of that stuff got reawakened just to bring, well, f- I mean, I'm, for our generation, we were too young to really notice it. But right. when they talk about super predators and right. stuff, right. I'm like, man, these people are really went really right. hard, right. right? You know, and they still go hard. It's just like the Thirteenth Amendment says: it's just racism under a different name, and, and that that's what's that's what kind of keeps us crazy a little bit as black people because we can't catch it, <laughs> right. we can't we can't catch it, we can't prove it. But that's crazy. My favorite book. The one that I – I call it my Bible. Uh-huh. Uh It's called The 50th Law. Powerful, yeah. Yeah, Robert Greene, 50 yep. Cent. And that was – I read that at a point in time in my life where, like, people always said that I was, like, cocky or arrogant or whatever. But, you know, we all got our insecurities, man. And, like, I was actually – my cockiness and arrogance was just, like, a, a facade to keep me – to keep – from me looking so afraid of stuff, yeah. And once I read that book about like just being fearless and really not giving a fuck, I was like, "Oh, that's how you don't care!" All right, 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 right. <laughs> you right. know. And then the subtle art of not giving a fuck I read last year too. That was a really
1: good book. Man, I'm walking away with like a whole book list, man. Oh,
0: my bro, pre- borrow something. I don't care. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I got a whole. My whole thing, man. I, I I just try to. I'm this year. I said I'm gonna try to read one book a month. Yep, I have the same goal. I don't know if I. I mean, I could try. Have you started a book yet? This I month? have, but I haven't picked it up since the first day. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst part. What are you reading? Um, I started reading, uh, the Twelve Rules to Life, mm. the Antidote for Chaos by Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, I started that. I'm like two chapters, like three chapters in now. It's just the book is, like, that thick. Oh, man. And we're in mid-January. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, man. What what What's your – what are you going now? Yeah,
1: I'm finishing up The Bluest Eye because I heard it was a Really? Book, Tony Morrison. I read that in middle school. Yeah. I don't remember much, but I know I read it. And I am about to pick up education book. I'm excited. Um, about all the white teachers that teach in the hood and for the rest of y'all, too. Really? Yeah, I'm excited. There's a – Wow, what is that? Book Christopher. Like? I don't know it's last night. Um my coworker,
0: he recommended that I read The Culture of Poverty by Root, by some lady. And I'm sitting there looking at him like, "Bro, you know I'm black, right?" It's <laughs> <laughs> like, "I lived in the culture of poverty. Right, like, right, I don't right. have to I don't have to have some white lady tell me what the hood right, is like. Right, I get right. it." Right. You know what I mean? Um but I guess it could give you a different perspective. But one thing I do notice, though, especially at my school, is that, like like I said, our school is, like, 60% Hispanic and, like, 37% black, and the rest is, like, mixed up. One thing I notice is that white teachers have a very different approach to – a lot of them, anyway, have a very different approach. It's more like a do-as-I-say sort of thing rather than a, like, love-and-compassion uh, approach to it. Yeah. And that really
1: that bothers me so <laughs> I I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And and even I'm just thinking about like me growing up in a system like that. Yeah. um, I had to maybe mid year last semester, I had to just tell myself um, for some of my students that do not identify as being white, if they're not used to raising their hand saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am how can I put a system or just tell them that they're wrong or right, right? Because, like, in their home setting, if they're used to, you know, Mm -hmm. getting up as they please or they're used to not saying these different words that, you know, we classify as the correct way to do things, then I shouldn't punish them, right? It shouldn't be, like, my way type of thing. And so I think even reflecting on my practices as an educator, like, that has changed, like, you know. I don't feel like I'm so power driven anymore. And I feel like sometimes, yeah. like you said, some of our white colleagues, they feel like they have to have it, maybe because they were brought up in it. Or or maybe they just think that maybe they're like kind of, you know, they say they're afraid
0: of us anyway. Correct. So maybe they're just intimidated and feel like they have to that is exert true. their power to That's true. get over. But like, I don't know, man, cause as because as black men, too, we don't really have those problems because like we're kind of feared revered and respected at the same time yeah. uh, so we don't have to go through it but I've seen uh, I mean for me like you said I think about this is what I say kids will only do what they know they have the option to do so if you grew up in an environment where that is your only option or that is an option and you choose it every time I can't blame you for doing the same shit in school or Correct. like when your parents Not around because that's what you know how to do Exactly so when they do certain things I'm just like look I was like I was like, I know what you like want to do I know what you like to do I was like but I'm gonna give you Another option another way to think Alright right? and that's Worked for me Just because I, I Mean I see a lot of Crap happen with especially The white teachers like mm-hmm. kids want to cuss them out and Stuff that has never happened to me right Because I say hey calm down Listen to me. It's like just let me talk to you real quick, and they they get it. They get it, and yeah. I'm just like, it's not that hard to level. Right. I don't think it's that hard to level. Yeah, I
1: agree. But I also come, you know, come from similar environment. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's huge, man. Like, it is. if someone outside of your scope or outside of your community want to like place. Different rules and things about how you should abide, and not even willing to listen to you as a person mm-hmm. and give you like an, an additional option. I think that's a problem. No, you know? it is. Definitely.
0: It, it is because they, they, it's kind of like, it's kind of like they treat you like the law. Like, right, they, right. They, you see, you do wrong, and then all of a sudden they have to correct it rather correct. than ask you why you did it. Correct. Or what were you thinking? Correct. Or it's like, all right, so next time correct. they just punish and. Without giving an alternative solution. Correct. And that's where a lot of people get, that's where a lot of these kids get messed up. And that's why they need people like us who will talk to them and actually will, like, say, hey, options. Right. <laughs> options, options, options. Right. Give yourself the option. That's crazy. I'm thinking about this right now. I saw one of my former students at Walmart. And I remember he used to come to class every day and sleep. A little Hispanic boy. hmm Come to class every day and sleep. And uh I I like towards the last days of class, like I really got a chance to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him, I said, Hey bro, why do you come to class and sleep every day? He's like, I oh, don't know, man, I'm just, you know, blah blah blah. And I was like, Well, I was like I was like, let me let me tell you this. I was like, I don't know what you want to do with your life right now. I said, like, You probably don't want, don't know. I was like, but the more it's like when you come to school and you sleep you're taking away an option <laughs> for you to do something. I was, like, I was like, I don't know what your grades are, but you could be sitting on like a two five right now, right? Oh, no, no. That's not what I told said, I said, I have a cousin. I said, my cousin uh, bs all through high school. He um, BS'd all through high school so much that he was like a fifth, sixth year senior. He had, got kicked out because he got too old to be in a school. Oh, man. I was like, that. I was like, this was when he was 18, 19. I was like, he's 40 years old right now, holding down odd jobs, working at car washes and stuff. And I said, do you think he wanted to do that when he was your age? I was like, he was like, no. I was like, yeah. I was like, but the fact, but he closed off a lot of his options because of what he chose to do back then. <laughs> I was like, so if you want to, I was like, I don't know if you want to, Go to college or go go to work or whatever. Yeah, I was like, but what if you go to work and then you change your mind and you have to go back to school? I was like, but your grades shit. So now you can't. They're not gonna take you because your grades are shit. What you gonna do then? And he was like, I never thought about it like that. And then the next thing I know, he B A B student or like B C student, just because he was like, yeah, I have like
1: options. I'd never thought of it that way. I was like,
0: yeah. It that works. <laughs> well, that's a powerful
1: conversation, man.
0: Man, I, I, I have to, to sometimes. Of,
1: like, not only just one kid, but a whole audience of kids. Just, to, just, to, just to present that, I think that's. I mean, dope, bro,
0: like I said, kids only do what they know. They have the option to do if they have, don't have anybody else to teach them. They are just gonna continue to do what Correct. they know. That's right. why kids end up back in the streets. Because right. if all your family's in the streets, that's all you know. You know, and as human beings, you know, we we might know what's right and wrong, but. We also just follow along with our tribes. Yeah. Our groups. So that's all we gonna do. That's true. Um so what you got any plans for after teaching? I know Teach for America is like a what, three, five year program something? Yeah, a like two that? year commitment. Oh two years. Yeah. Okay.
1: You got any plans for after
0: Yeah. So I'm looking into sixth grade English.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking into man, maybe going back to school, oddly enough. I don't Really? Think. Yeah, I'm thinking about just going back to school. I don't know if it's PhD, EDD or JD, but think about going back. Just something. Something, man. Um but I'm hoping um I'm hoping to get more direction after this. Uh Yeah. I do feel like I will be able to have exactly what I want to, mm-hmm. but I I mean, I, I'm teaching now and I love it, so.
0: And I'll say this, man, don't don't get caught up and well, if you got goals afterwards, unless you know for sure, for sure, you want to teach for the rest of your life, don't get caught up. Because one teacher I uh, I met, he's a PE teacher actually, and he was getting <laughs> ready. Yeah, he was getting ready to. Uh, this is last year because he was getting ready to uh, go into real estate full time, and he told me I never forget this. He was like, "This is a band aid job." He's like, "You get this job to make get yourself stable." put a little money aside and then you go off and do what you really want to do (laughs) for most people anyway like if education is not your passion then that's what it is but i was like man that got a point (laughs) you know that's kind of scary though but yeah he has a point no he does yeah he really does and so um yeah man if you got other stuff you want to do like right now i'm thinking about going back to school okay uh myself get a uh master's in clinical psychology okay but like yeah man if you got something you want to do man just go do it
1: don't just do it yeah what about you you think about uh staying in the classroom a little longer or
0: (sighs) yeah man (laughs) i i want okay i want to uh i want to go get my master's in psychology because ultimately i'd like to be a college professor um, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I, I high school is cool because I get to talk to them crazy, but <laughs> I, it's a little too rigid for my liking. Like, because even though we are high school, like they still have us doing like these middle school kind of oriented activities, and you know, a lot of our kids, I guess you could say they need them because they don't read, yeah, or they can't read, but. I don't know, I just uh i don't know i just i i just wanna go teach uh college man like this is what I wanna do I don't wanna worry about parents, I don't wanna worry about putting in grades i don't <laughs> oh not putting in grades, I don't wanna worry about uh grading quizzes, I don't wanna worry about uh trying to come up with these activities yeah. of like sounds like a keeping moving. I was like, I want to come in, I want to sit down or stand up and just talk the entire time (laughs) and say, you got two papers, you got two exams, that's the whole class, I'll see y'all later. (laughs) Oh, man. Do you remember your uh, favorite professor at State? Dr. White. Uh, Dr. Rob White.
1: Rob White. Yeah. Humanities. Was, yep. Follow yeah. I follow him on Facebook. He's yep. a very passionate man. Yeah. Did you take his class?
0: No. Um I have a friend who is a uh, he was history we were all history majors yeah. and he was really close to uh, all of the professors because he's on a whole nother level with his with his studies, okay. and uh, he and Doctor White were pretty cool. And okay. so I I used to uh, actually funny story. You know what Public Enemy is right. Yeah. So I went out to dinner. It was me, my friend Doctor White, somebody else, and then Professor Griff from Public Enemy, and we were all at Carabas. <laughs> yeah. In Montgomery. It, yeah. What? Yeah. He had a uh, he snuck him on campus. <laughs> so he said. Um, my boy was like, Yo, you wanna go see Professor Griff? I was like, Hell yeah, I want to go see <laughs> Professor Griff. And he was in this uh he was in classroom at um what's it what's that hall which you where y'all stone is? Beverly. Yeah, we are in Beverly Hall, and he was giving a lecture uh there about hip hop and how it's taming the culture and some other stuff too. Media and how it's tainted the culture. And then afterwards, my whole my boy was like, Yo, you wanna go to dinner? I was like Hell yeah, I, <laughs> Look, I couldn't afford that mug, but god damn it, I was in there. Right, right. That was a good ass time. But no, I like I like Doctor White. Doctor White was cool. Um is gonna be a last question we wrap up. What uh, who was your favorite teacher, K through twelve? Your favorite teacher.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um I think my favorite teacher. Mm, that's a powerful question. I, I did I hope any of my K through twelve teachers are not listening. Um Well, I only get like ten streams of <laughs> place, so it's cool. <laughs> hey
0: man, we just starting. We building. I feel it. <laughs> we building off from somewhere right?
1: Um uh, my favorite teacher had to be and I still have a relationship with her now, had to be Miss Campbell. She's married now, so her name is Miss Trailer. Um but she was my kindergarten teacher, of course. Um, and I don't know if I remember anything from then. I just remember the way that she looks at me now. I can only imagine she was a really good teacher. What? Yeah, I saw, I saw her in Walmart for Christmas. It like we, some flirty shit. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I mean, like I I'm saying, you. like she, she's. I feel like she was. You know, um, I I don't know, but it ain't no flirty. It ain't any of that. But, All right, I, yeah, but I mean, I just think that. A lady of her statue. I talked to her, and she still she still teaches now. And I asked her, this is like year twenty seven for her. I was like, hey, you know, you thinking about leaving? She was like, what am I gonna do? Like, um, that's real. I've been a part of this process. I've like watched kids. I've watched. I've taught different kids and all of these other different stuff. And she was just saying, like, you know, the job is is a very rewarding job, which it is. And she says she has an opportunity just to see people grow and to, to turn out to be successful. or You know what I'm saying? Just to play a part in that. And I don't know, just hearing that and seeing, like, her, the way that she values the work, I think, like, that, like, rubbed off on me a little bit. Yeah. Um. Because, man, we definitely need teachers on the battlefield that really love and care about this work. Not just anybody just yeah. to save money, but... Just to really... Yeah, we definitely do. Really love love this work. So I think it's... I think I'm in love with the person that she is now. I don't know what happened in kindergarten, but definitely the educator that she is. (laughs) You don't remember kindergarten? I don't remember much of kindergarten. I don't remember anything. I remember who my teacher was. I don't remember much else. Yo, she was telling me stories about me choking on peppermint and me liking this girl. I was like, that didn't happen at all, but...
0: Come on, man. She had how many kids run through? Right, right, right. She don't remember. (laughs) Look, I
1: got,
0: I got two hundred. I get two hundred new kids every. I got a semester class. You get two hundred kids. Two hundred new kids every semester. And I I make it bless you. I I know right. (laughs) I make it a commitment every every semester to remember all of my kids' names, and I tell them at the end of the year. I say, look. I remembered all y'all names up to this point. I say, like, but next year, don't be offended if I forget. <laughs> I was like, y'all don't know how hard that's such a process. Bro, man. Like, how many is, kids
1: do you damn. got per class? I have thirty per class. Okay, so that's about the same. Yeah, but I only have two classes. Oh man, like I have sixty kids. Man, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something. Right, I got
0: thirty-four. I got like, let's well, see, my largest class this semester is thirty-five. My smallest is twenty-eight. I got six classes. Six
1: classes? Yeah. They're like an hour classes, right? Yeah,
0: we're on a block schedule in ninety minute classes. So oh. we got we got A days and B days. Oh. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. So Yeah. Oh. It's rough, man. I wish we could have that normal high school that other high school schedule where it's like forty five minutes class. Right.
1: That's what I was thinking. would be so It'd be awesome. awesome. But then I see kids every day that I don't want to see. Yeah. I guess that is good. So take turns seeing kids. Like I'll see you two days from now. Well, we'll for, uh, for
0: us, it's well, it has its ups and downs. Yeah, um, because especially with this generation of kids, like their minds are they're 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 mush, so they don't remember things that we talked about. Like you walk. Oh, I
1: can see that being like yeah, an issue. Yeah, you walk into class and. Uh remember what we talked about this Wednesday? Remember what we talked about on Monday and they're like, oh. "Yeah, they lost, man." That's great. That's the that's that uh
0: they always talk about how technology Fortnite Fortnite well <laughs> 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 I, I I tried I tried it and I was like, "Okay, I get it, but whatever." Right, It wasn't fun uh, to me.
1: I was like, "Okay, what are we doing?"
0: But it's I mean, it's deeper than that, man. They they have like Between, okay, they get immediate gratification from their phones, and then the parents are different because, and that's one thing I talked to an older teacher. He was like, uh, he said, I asked him, I always ask older teachers, because if you've been teaching for more than 10 years, 15 years, I always ask him, like, what's the biggest difference between kids then and kids now? Mm, That's a good question. And he said that the parents are different. I can definitely see that. Because he said, back in the day, kid messes up, parent is looking at the kid like, Yo, get your shit together, homie. Like, you gotta, you know, take care of business. Forget him. Like, it's all about what you do. Now, parent a kid has an issue, they come at the teacher. Like, what are you doing? That's not my child. You lying on my kid and this and the third. And then the kids, you know, they don't take any account. They don't. They don't hold themselves accountable for anything because mom and dad bails them out. They never teach them to like, hey, suck it up. You you fucked up. You need to own it and move on. Yeah, you know. But that block schedule, it doesn't it doesn't work for them, especially because they they like got these notification memories. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they get a a good way to describe it. They got notifications and they they read it and then it's gone. (laughs) And then they get another one. They read it and it's gone. But they don't think about the other ones beforehand. Snapchat. Right. That's how their brains work. Uh, Like Snapchat. You see it in that moment. Describe it. Yeah. Yeah. You see it in that moment and then it's like okay you respond to it and it disappears it's gone yeah and then they, they have to think back like wait wait um 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 oh shit yeah but that's the issue with block schedules so a lot of teachers in our district they asked for it years ago yeah and now a lot of them want it want the other way back because they know that our kids forget stuff over the time but i don't know man we it's a very interesting time in education cuz we don't have the support that we should have anyway. No, sir. They don't pay me enough for this. Right. <laughs> I, I asked somebody, I said, what other job can you manage 200 people and only make $50,000 a year? <laughs> right. You manage 200 people. 200 people. Other people, other people's children and only make forty to $50,000 a year. And that's. And we're in Texas. We're in Texas. And we're in Texas. We ain't talking about, like, going to – let's see. I think the starting salary I saw in North Carolina was, like,
1: $36,000. Mississippi. My sister's an educator in Mississippi. Yeah. $38,000. Woo! And I'm, she's not a regular educator. She's, like, teacher of the year type. She's a – Look, <laughs> Look, that's what your spare stipend, do. <laughs> no, like, for, but for real, that's how it is in a lot right. of schools, man. Yeah. They, they got that – man,
0: I – Somebody asked me about teaching other places. I'm like, man, show me another place
1: where I can make as much money as I do right. with the cost of living. With the cost of living. Like That's the reason why I was like, oh, Houston is the perfect market just to teach. Oh,
0: know? it is. It, it definitely is. Definitely is. It is. I, I, one of my biggest fears is getting stuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, like, I'm, I'm, I'm making pretty decent money. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can go get me a house right. if I want to. I yeah. can, you know, I don't pay state taxes. Right. Like and it's a consistent thing, you know? So I'm afraid I get stuck, man. I feel that. These other so somebody tried to ask me about going to teach in Vegas. They make a pretty decent money. Okay. The only issue with Vegas though is like outside of the entertainment industry, there's like nothing. Nah, so you got a lot of poverty too. Um mm. uh, somebody asked me about Chicago. Chicago's pretty decent, but you got Chicago. Right, <laughs> That's right, the problem. It's right, Chicago, right?
1: It is what it is,
0: man. Well, Darren, man, I appreciate it. Appreciate you coming no problem, on, man. man. Thanks for having me on, the, man. The first faculty meeting podcast of twenty nineteen uh, is with Darren. Uh, anything else you wanted to share? Small tidbits, advice,
1: words of wisdom. <laughs> um, no, nah, man, I'm getting choked up, but I think. Just in general, like, um, I think we just definitely should support our educators because the day and the the role, like you said, managing all those people. And, yeah. And it's not like a, we're doing it one time a week because my friend and I, we were joking today about um, we were at church and we are like, yeah, the pastor is doing four services, but he only does it on one day. Like, this is only Sunday. But you think about teachers doing it five times a week, Mm -hmm. you know, teaching different content and not only just teaching, but also just trying to build the next generation. So just man, like really support teachers in any way possible and just make sure that um, just make sure that in general that like as parents, as community stakeholders, that we're just being the anchor of support because Mm -hmm. the job is like a superhero. And I think we talked about it before and teachers really deserve a lot more in all aspects. Yeah. More than just pay. I I feel like I feel like low key I am a superhero. Like yeah. at times because I'm not human. Uh yeah, I'm gotta, not black to some of my students. They're like <laughs> that's Mr. Dubos. I'm like yeah. I'm a black man. And yeah like,
0: man, we got a we got a lot of uh I mean
1: we we do a lot
0: with very little. Right. And the kids they appreciate it. Especially if you do it the right way. Correct. They definitely appreciate it. And if it, man. they don't now, they will. They will eventually, man. You will. Know. Kids don't know what they like now. Right, right, right. It's like uh all those things that your parents told you when you were younger and right. now you get older and you like, damn it, I said the same thing. <laughs> God damn <laughs> right, it. Right, I am right. my I am my my father's child. Jesus. <laughs> but all right, man, I appreciate you I appreciate coming it, on, man. man. It was good good talking to you. Yeah, good yeah, catching yeah. up with you, man. Uh we gotta do this again and see how you uh See how it all ends out for you, man. For sure. All right. And the Faculty Meeting Podcast, you are dismissed.